Mac Football Pod. Caleb, have you seen the news? The news is that Ben Bryant might be the Max QB1. That's a BS news line, but I'm listening. Leads the Mac, eight and a half yards per attempt. Leads the Mac in everyone's favorite statistic because it ends in the number 69, which is completion percentage. Uh, he's like third in total yardage, but that can be kind of forgiven with the fact that, uh, you know, he wasn't the one leading out of the tunnel like every week until like week three of the season, right? He wasn't the everyday starter until then. Uh, he's also leading the Mac in QBR. Decent. And Eastern's five and three. What do you know? Eastern is five and three. So that's the news for you. Is that uh, Eastern Fields, the. Uh, I don't know if it's ever had a first team All Mac quarterback. I got to like go back and look. I should have like come ready with that, that homework done, but. They, uh, they weren't air raid offense at one point. So should the Eastern lean back into that? Because I'm kind of thinking, yeah. <laughs> they kind of already are almost. I don't know if it's air raid. I just know that they're passing the ball a lot more. Yeah, systemically, it's not an air raid setup. You know, get the ball out quick every time. Do it here. Do it here with these really specific patterns. That said, Brian's still throwing the ball like forty plus yeah. a game. So a lot, a lot. Yeah, and like it's like I always bitch about how Eastern just doesn't have the run game right, and they probably still don't. I don't know what the rushing numbers look like. I really haven't even looked. I don't check the stats as much as I appear to on this podcast. Uh, but the fact that Eastern's throwing the ball downfield better this year has made me forget the fact that uh, they have a bad run game to not lean on because they're not really handing the ball off that much. They're like, nope, we're really leaning into the arms, and I hope that leads into a uh, that leads to a November where the depth of the running back group there has some fresh legs to to run with. Wouldn't yeah, that be something? Yeah, it would. And, and looking at what they do in the run game, it's like it's literally just enough to keep it from being completely predictable in the pass game. So, they, like, they've got 928 yards per game. They haven't, they haven't abandoned the run, but they've run the ball 284 times in eight games, which is, you know, fewer than 40 times a game. It's not nothing, but a lot of teams are doing it more. That's for, that's for darn sure. And... Like, if you're Eastern, completing the ball at the, at the clip you are, 69%, you're moving the ball even when you're throwing some incompletions, seems like you're doing some things well. Can they move the ball even if they throw an incompletion? Like, can, like, Eastern throw an incomplete pass and they're like, three yards? Well, Three he, yards. Well, first of all, shut up. Thank you. Second of all, it's that the fact that they are, you know, they'll, they'll commit to the run or to the pass, Throw an incompletion, then come right back, get what six, seven yards, and then throw another pass and get a first down. It's like they're putting themselves; they're not in like bad position all the time to move the football. And yet they, so you know, you look at the Miami game; they didn't, you know, score with any prolificness, whatever. Um, but they they still scored thirty one against Ball State and lost. They scored fifty five against BG, um, twenty against NIU. Nothing, nothing blowing you out of the water. But Brian's going over 200 yards passing every week. A lot of receivers are getting involved in the game. Uh, they're going to need to, you know, up and up and up a notch a little bit more before. Who do they, I, have they, they just need to not lose the games that they already, you know, that they already lost to. Like they shouldn't have lost to 
freaking who they lose to Ball State. Shouldn't have lost I mean, to Ball State. Why not though? <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, we're looking at this point. It's like they play Toledo, Ohio, Western CMU. Uh, they could literally go three and one. They could lose all four. I think the most likely option is they probably go like two and two. And seven wins, I'd be stoked with that if I were you. Stoked. The the standings are sexy right now. Like, can we just look at this really quickly? We don't have to talk too much about uh, – we don't have to prepare too much for a weekend of football. One, because no. there really isn't one in the match. The West is fucky. Which means that, like, Tuesday night and Wednesday night match is going to be coming up. But that's for that's, – that's next week, man. We're, we're chilling this week. This week we got, like – Top ten Michigan, Michigan versus Michigan State to like ignore us for a little bit to like occupy our time, which is nice. Uh, you got a wedding. Yeah. The West standings are sexy as hell. The East looks gross. Like there's two three and one teams. One of them's better than the other, so we can worry about that when that time comes. Uh, the rest are either there's a two and two, there's some one and threes, and there's an zero oh and four. Uh, it's just the East, okay? Don't don't look at the East. Just don't. I mean, if you want to, you know, go for it. But that's that's your Google search history that you're ruining. Mm-hmm. The West is very fun looking because we know NIU, which just played probably the MAC game of the year, uh, is four and zero, and everybody else is two and two. Nice and sexy, man. Like I oh, every whenever we think about what's the year going to look like, it's, it's July, it's August. What's the year going to look like? You know, there's probably going to be a two or three way tie. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. It's all for second place, but Hey, uh, Caleb. Well, before I get to get to my thing, cause I have a thing to like really fuck up these standings. I'm sorry in advance. Uh, but what is standing out to you in these standings other than how real sexy this thing looks? I mean, you look at the the fact that well, at the in the offseason, I'm thinking, okay, NIU and Eastern are the worst teams in the East or in the West. I'm sorry, and <laughs> it's like, why do you ever have any goddamn certainty about anything in this league when this is what they're <laughs> when this when this is what they're all capable of playing to every year? Yep. Like, it doesn't really matter what you think about the teams unless they're like BG and Akron at this point. And really all it would take is, well, for one, I'm starting to think we're, we're reaching Akron and BG have to have different coaches territory again. But I was there with NIU like five weeks ago. And look at what NIU is doing now. So but with, I, what more and more exciting with NIU is that they had the potential. We saw where the success could come from. I don't see it with Akron and BG. But getting off of that bit, you know, I still think like Western's the most talented team, but they sure as shit don't look like they're going to win the league this year. And uh, can't imagine the tiebreaker scenarios are much in their favor at this point. I don't know what would happen in terms of like combinations of wins and losses for them to have a chance, but you know they're just as much in it as CMU is, as Eastern is, as mm-hmm. Toledo is. So all NIU has to do is just you know just not you, fuck yeah, up. Just, yeah, just not only, do what we know what they're also capable of. Yeah. Sure. I mean, only, if you only lose one more game in the next four, you just win three or four. Harder, harder said than done in the Mac for sure. You're in to Detroit. What the fuck? How the fuck did they get there so quickly? Um, how they get? How would they? It's amazing to think they could get there after an zero and six season. 
like fuck. Um, Central feels disappointing, but it's still in the fucking MAC championship race. Toledo, it's like holy shit, this offense is bad still in the MAC championship race. It's yeah, like the thing about the when I, when I look at the West and think about it, it's like I think that like you just cover up NIU and we're only going to focus on the five two and twos, right? In some ways, in some areas, I think that a lot of these teams are like pretty close and similar. And a lot of other ways, I think these teams are just miles apart from one another. Talent-wise, I think Western and Toledo are way above Eastern and Central. You know, grittiness, I think like Eastern and Central might be above like Toledo sometimes. Uh, when I think of focused players, shit, I don't know where I actually think. Maybe Eastern. I think Eastern's probably the most focused. Like the most passionate, shit, that might come out of Ball State's locker room. But like, Ball State, Ball State's four and four overall. They're four, two and two at home, two and two away. They their points for and point against in conference and in non conference are both comparable. So it's like you can't really trust them to do anything other than maybe be here and there for the rest of the year. That doesn't mean they couldn't get hot because they got hot last year. But. With a lot of the same players, but it's like I'm still think, I'm looking at Ball State. And I'm like, okay, they're probably gonna be so-so, and I don't trust Western to, to keep winning, and I don't trust Toledo to keep winning. I don't trust anybody to keep winning. I don't trust NIU to keep winning, but NIU is at least the team that's put something on paper that's like, oh wow, impressive. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's hard. Did you fart? No, I did not. Oh okay. Yeah, it's hard to like get any sort of like understanding, like. And yeah, Ball State, they might be like the most meh team. I think they're like the meh champion here. The meh championship. The meh champion. Um, and I'm kind of surprised. Like like Central, like they haven't surprised us as much. Western has surprised us some, like in good ways. And Central, like they're just as in it as everybody else. And like, yeah, and it's just fun to see. So what I did, I was like, okay, we got some time to kill before this podcast. Time to figure out what the fuck our our, uh, our chaos scenario is going to be, right? Okay. So my chaos scenario that I have, I was kind of I was trying to do more, but I figured, you know what? This first one that I did, it's pretty fucking perfect because I honestly, God, don't know how it would shape up or how it would finish. Because Caleb, what is NIU's record right now in the MAC? Well, Caleb, what is everybody else's record in? Mac play. In the West, everybody's two and two. That's right. But what if I could have all six teams finish with the same record, Caleb? Oh, fuck That's right. What if I could have NIU, CMU, Toledo, Western, Eastern, and Ball State all finish with five and three records in the Mac? Would you be interested in that? Okay, is it actually possible? It's possible, Caleb. Oh, fuck me. Yes, it's possible. And it all starts in week 10, baby. It all starts now. You need to get, like, on this train right now. You need to want this now. And you know what? If you're a Mac player, like, listening to this, you need to want this for me, please. Okay, so here we go. What team do you want me to start with? And I'm going to tell you how uh, their season breaks the rest of the way. Uh, Spoiler alert, if you do a quick, like, little bit of math, NIU goes 1-3 and three the rest of the way. Everyone else goes 3-1. Mm-hmm. and one. Okay. Just tell me Eastern then. Okay, so we're going to go with Eastern here, where Eastern beats Toledo, Eastern beats Ohio, Eastern beats Western, but the one lost 
is at Central. Okay, so I'm going to finish this up because it's not going the way I want to. So okay. NIU, let's start with them because you've got to go one and three. NIU, you're going to lose one of these two crossover games because you have two East games coming up. They're both on the road. Uh, you're going to lose only one of them. Right now, we're going to say Kent State. I think Kent State's pretty doable. Do Buffalo, you could lose to them too, but you're probably going to beat Buffalo. So we're going to say you're going to lose at Kent. You're going to lose at lose to Ball State at home, and you're going to lose to Western Michigan at home to end the season. Uh, they're going to beat Buffalo. Okay. So it's one of the two East games. Um, nobody else, nobody else is allowed to lose their crossover games, which means Toledo, who has three crossover games remaining on the schedule, if you could believe that. Toledo, you're going to lose to Eastern, but you're going to beat Bowling Green, beat Ohio, and beat Akron, which is 100% doable. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's jump over to Central because I said that uh, Eastern was going to lose to Central. Central is going to lose to Western, though. Central's going to lose to Western next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Central is going to beat Kent. Central is going to beat Ball State. And Central is going to beat Eastern. Western, like I said, uh, you're going to beat Central, going to beat Akron gonna lose to eastern so that'll be three in a row but you're gonna beat like i said uh niu in the season finale ball state ball state you're gonna beat akron beat niu lose to central like i said earlier and Mm -hmm. buffalo uh you're gonna beat buffalo in the rematch that would give everybody a five and three record the uh so the way Mac championships are fin- are uh, are finalized, or like how like the head to head tiebreakers go. I'm pulling up an old M Live article. Uh, in the event of a multiple team, for example, three teams, huh? Blew that shit out of the water. Uh, in a multiple team tie, the team with the best head to head record among tied teams wins the tiebreaker. In a two team tie, head to head competition will be the first criteria. Uh, yeah, so. Good luck with that. Uh, there's also a second step. Record of tied teams versus common opponents within the division. So it, w- it might have to go against, like, how teams did only in the MAC West. Uh, this scenario, let's see, look at NIU. NIU would have, let's see, how many West wins? Everyone has five wins, right? So we got to look for, like, who has the most West wins. NIU would have wins over Eastern, Toledo, and Central. Toledo would have wins over, let's see, Ball State, Western, and that's it. So just two. Eastern would have wins over Toledo and Western, so just two. Central would have wins over, let's see, Western. Oh, I'm sorry. Eastern, Ball State, Central, Toledo. Yeah, so that's like four already. So Central might actually make it in. <laughs> Western, uh, yeah. So I'm going to stop it right there because I don't, I don't want to find out what happens right here. You're going to have to do your own homework after that. But there is a chaos scenario where uh, Central has better odds than NIU to make the MAC, MAC championship game if everybody finishes 5-3 and three the way I tell them to. Okay. So, uh, I still don't think Central can make it, but I do think that's like the most like maxiony possible scenario. In like the worst ways. 
So obviously, we should just expect it to happen going into the last week of the season. But yeah, that's uh, that's my chaos scenario for you. So uh, I might have to tweet this out so you have like a physical rooting guide to like point to oh, and refer back to. But Caleb, uh, what would you do if everybody went five and three this year and made the Mac offices like sweat through their armpits like this? I would celebrate <laughs> with margaritas. Well, they probably do that anyway. Well, yeah. Uh, there were the only game that is this Saturday is Buffalo Bowling Green. I mean, it's Bowling Green at Buffalo too. Neither one of us are going to watch it. I I have more ability to watch it. I think than you do. I'm still not going to watch it. I don't think, but do you have like any expectation for this game? Like any reason for people that like are more degenerates than us that maybe want to watch this on CBS SN at noon on Saturday do they deserve like a little something to like look forward to in this game? The one thing they can look forward to is if BJ BG's defense is so bad that it makes it look like makes McDuffie look like a stud, and like this is the game where he like explodes for some Jarrett Patterson like numbers. McDuffie is good um, because Marks has been like passed over. Like Marks still a good running back, mm-hmm. but like McDuffie's fun as shit. So, um. If this is the game where he gets to explode and make himself a name in the conference, like a big name, it might be this game. Otherwise, no. There's not really a reason to be excited about. It. No, you can't. You can't sell people on Matt McDonald at all. Like no one. Not, you, not, don't, you don't no care one. about Matt McDonald. Sorry, sorry, I got so excited about him <clears throat> earlier. Sorry, guys. He's See that, Min- that Minnesota win, man. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it fucks with people. He's still better, but. Right. Yeah, and the defense is still better too. But then again, we're like. Hey, it's still going to get run over by this running back that you didn't hear of last year unless you were listening to, like, one Alex Alvarado. Buffalo. Do we care about Buffalo at all this year? Like, honest to God, do we care about Buffalo? Like, do we care about, like, its potential? Do we, are we, like, giving up on Buffalo's, like, potential to make it to the championship game? Like, this is a gimme win. This is a gimme win for them. It'll give them, like, Oh, God. Now that I say it out loud, they're going to lose. Um, <laughs> but it'll give them a 3-2 and two record in conference play. Uh, they'll be up there with, like, Miami and Kent State. And who do they got? Who do they even got next? They could they could lose in their next games, right? Uh, Miami Miami plays at Ohio. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah, never mind. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, I don't think. Every game, anything can happen. True that. But anyway, Buffalo schedule, I mean, home against Bowling Green. At Miami, at Miami, and then home against NIU at Ball State. Jesus Christ, man. That's, that's a... going to be like, is Kent State NIU going to be like 65 and 62? NIU, Kent State? Oh, my God. Maybe. I haven't even thought about that. Oh, man. I should, like, I sh- that should have clicked for me. But, hmm. It NIU, might be. I hope so. It might be. And it might be like. Uh, Kent State has 400 yards passing. NIU has 380 rushing. Yeah. NIU Dude, still so wins. NIU, despite being undefeated in the conference, is still the heavy underdog according to ESPN's power index thing. Oh, really? Which honestly still seems fair. What? Am I about to lose some money this weekend? Because I'm going to put it all on, on NIU to cover if that's the case. I mean, you should because I think it's going to be a fun, exciting high school game. Or it might be a boring for their version, like 
a boring 34-28 game or something like that. Oh, my God. Are you unappreciative, kids? <laughs> I want numbers in the 60s. That's what this conference reared me on. Oh, we thought you wanted more uh, Army Wake Forest. We thought you wanted more of that. We thought yeah. you wanted Dave Dorn back. Yeah. Well, he's not there, but whatever. I want Army Wake Dave Forest. Boston. The year where a conference champion yields 56 points to Army. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was so weird to just like look at like the ESPN app and you're like, okay, what are the scores we got? Uh, we got Illinois, Penn State. Holy shit, they're putting up a calendar year for a final score in nine overtimes. And then they scored very 38 next... points despite having 18 overtime possessions. I don't remember what podcast I was. I think it was like Levitards that I was listening to, and they were like, "You played for an extra hour and still hit the under." 18 overtime possessions. 18. Hey, man, they fixed this sport over the summer, so I thought this problem was never going to happen. Oh, my God. And then you look, and you're like, holy shit. Look, at this Lake Forest Army basketball game is just on my football feed. I don't know. I tried it out a, like, 10 men on the line of scrimmage. Like, obviously, they weren't all on the line of scrimmage, but, like, 10-man offensive line front look. Mm-hmm. And I was in love. Because if you've got the bodies for it, you're making the defense fill a lot of gaps. So it's like, if you can trot that out a few times a game, I don't really see why not. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the bodies for it, you can't convince the defense that you're going to do whatever and then run play play action off of it or run like a flood concept or just pop past stuff. Like, if you can't get... I don't know. I feel more teams should do that more often. Like, let's go fucking backwards in time in football. We need some motherfuckers to go Stanford on some asses. Dude, I was just thinking about it. If I could run a football team, the first thing I would do is just install the eye and like let that be known in all my recruiting pitches. I'm like, I need a fucking fullback now. I need a fucking sword. And I'm not going to rely need... on some fucking tr- walk-ons for that. I need a, I need a fucking big-ass motherfucker with a mullet, and we're going to call him fucking chief. Did you watch any football last weekend? Did I watch football? I don't remember. A little bit. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> a little bit. I uh, was watching Ohio Kent before I had to leave to go cover a soccer game. Ah. That makes number sense. Six, number six Michigan versus number eight Michigan State this week. Yeah. Well, did you, I, I just want to know if you saw any NIU Central. Like, I don't remember watching you tweet through it or not. But that game was fucking uh, awesome. No, not really. All right. Well, if you get around to it, go watch it, please. I would like to watch how the fuck Becker gets all of his yards. They he got them like ten yards at a time. I will tell you that much. They got yeah. like NIU did a really good job of getting a lot of push up front and like getting like its first level blocking. Not a whole lot of like second and third level blocking with like the speed, you know to, like, pick up even more yards than that. That said, like, Ducker still had a big day, like, didn't have too many, like, two or four-yard pickups, and it was mostly, like, seven, ten yards at a time. It feels like this team is set up to build running back stars again. Like, just like Dude, they, I think they're cluttered. Just like how Buffalo's been. Like, they're set to just have multiple guys and a, mm-hmm. and a line that gets it done. The, I mean, Agpalsa 
the line coach, you know, he was the Buffalo line coach mm-hmm. when they were starting to implement this under light bulb. So, yeah, like they want to be that about their identity. So we're going to just have like several running backs that are studs to talk about every year with an IU going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know why? It's because they're not like they're not rolling through their playbooks going like, hey, every snap, you're going to decide if we're going to run and pass, even though I'm the coach that gets paid thousands of dollars to choose whether you run or pass next time. You know, they're not rolling out with, like, the RPO bullshit. And, like, you and I kind of talked about it pre-show, where that's kind of where, like, Eastern's found some success, is where, like, they established an offensive identity, not through RPOs. That's not an identity. That's just, like... It's just playing option football. That's all that is in the 21st century, but it doesn't work out the way you want it to. Eastern's calling pass plays. They're telling its quarterback to, like, thread the needle, and he is. They're telling – NIU is telling, like, specific guys to do specific things on specific plays because, like, they've got options at – like, they have options to do different things on different sides of the ball, right? Like, they have, like, specific, like, two-point plays where they have, like – very specific designs. They'll have different red zone looks that you won't see like on the 50. They do like trust their guys and they're like, Hey, you're our option on this play. And we are throwing the fucking ball to you come hell or high water. And sometimes that results in like an upset in Georgia tech. Sometimes that results in like, you know, an 18 point swing against central Michigan because they tell their guys, Hey, we're calling this play and we're putting the ball in your hands. So you better be fucking ready for it. And not saying, hey, potentially be ready for a replay with a either a handoff to the running back or a screen pass to you. We don't know what it is yet. We gotta find out what the linebacker's doing after the snap. What's funny is uh the team that I coach with is very much became an RPO team as the year wore on. And part of that was just because we felt we had to be able to run the ball every play, but if teams were going to, you know, send a linebacker, we had our most athletic kid who often played running back. Instead, he would line up in the slot. So we put our, like, bullheaded fullback type at running back, and he could get yards. Um, but if they were going to sp- send an extra bl- uh, extra backer, blitz the linebacker, commit the linebacker to the run game, we would just pull it and throw a slant. And the kid who was like the, the, the good running back slash slot guy had such good hands that he helped us just march down the field. Mm-hmm. Slant, 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 one step slant, one step slant, one step slant. Um, and so for us, like the RPO worked, but we made it very simplistic in terms of like, this is the look you're going to get. You're either going to do this or this. And only if a team committed to the same defense, like if the team switched up the defense, we didn't do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, we kept it simple. It was like, you can do this or you can do this, and we're trusting you. Um, it can work, obviously. Uh, colleges have chances to design a better defensive way to combat that mm-hmm. than high school coaches do. Yeah. You shouldn't have to worry about like your offensive linemen. Like, are they going to be physical they play? Shit, they better. Well, uh, unfortunately, ours, our issue was uh, they were not. Um, ours were not. Um, well, I mean, but you're offense. you're coaching high school kids, like, these FBS guys, like, you know, yeah, there's soft college players out there, but the expectation is, like, you better not be. We recruited yeah. your ass. You're on scholarship. 
is soft. We'll find somebody else. Who can we're calling it. this run play, and we know it, and you know it, and we're going to let them know it, and you, you know what? We're still going to pick up four yards. And then we're going to run it again on second and six. Now we're going to do it again. Oh, we're most mad that I'm talking. We're oh, tonight. Can I, Sorry, how about you Kat. fuck yourself? Sorry, Kat. How about you fuck yourself? Wibble's never been yourself? on the podcast before, has he? He's I don't think I've ever really heard him. He showed up in the video before. Yeah. Uh, death to the RPO for, like, a lot of other reasons. Like, <laughs> for, like, 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 we can rewind it and be like, hey, uh, why is that center, like, five yards upfield? Oh, yeah, because he's allowed to be. That's cheating. I don't like it. Get it yeah, out of here. I, I will say that I was watching the game film back from the other day. We had a lineman legitimately six yards downfield on a passing play. They did not call it. Yeah, why would they? It's it's that's what they that's what they want football to be. It's different if you can be locked up with a guy, and if you block the guy down the field, never disengage. You can be six yards downfield on a passing play. However, that is not what happened. The kid jumped off the line, pass set, didn't see didn't see work, left the line of scrimmage, went up to the linebacker, and blocked the linebacker at six yards. Oh my god! <laughs> and they didn't call it. And it worked, and the play worked like right beside where the kid was, where the lineman was. I'm like, oh, I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> yeah, and that's hey, the powers that be, that's what they want the sport to look like, and I don't get it. Not a fan. Not a fan. I am. Not yeah, a fan. I am not. Uh, oh, this is what I. This is what we needed to say. And I'm really upset that we're waiting until now. But after we say it, then we'll get out of here. Um, we got to pat ourselves on the back, Caleb. Like, Miami 24, Ball State 17. We did it. <laughs> you and I did it. I mean, that was seemed inevitable almost. The, do you? Oh, my God. Do you know how many yards the leading rusher had? For who? The game. Leading rusher probably had, like, 75 yards. Correct. No. Uh, Ball State's Carson Steele had 49. No, Z didn't have more than that? Nobody had more than that. Let's see. How many, did, how many did Mose have for Miami? Uh, Mose, 32. Okay. Shelton really? had 46. Davis had 43. Mose had 32. Hmm. So there are four guys. <laughs> there are three guys in the 40s, two guys in the 30s. Just an all right. Just. Great ugly game that I just wow, did not this know. Sucks. Like, I hate it. I didn't real like I was so tunnel visioned with my last Saturday. I only watched I only paid attention to NIU Central, kinda watched the other ones on the side, like the Eastern game, but like I knew that was gonna be a blowout. Um this game I just took it off my radar because I had plans later on. And I'm so glad that I did not know that this game kicked off until it was over. And saw the final score because damn, I would not want to watch this. Anyways, have fun with all this shit on like Tuesday and Wednesday when that comes up next week. Have fun, everybody. Uh, and boom goes the dynamite. Now I farted. <laughs>